Welcome to this edition of Cost Collective Radio on KZUM 89.3 and KZUM HD. I'm Teresa Harms Potter, Executive Director of Clinic with a Heart with co-host Donald P., Executive Director of CASA for Lancaster County. This show is designed to shine a spotlight on the great work done by many of Lincoln's nonprofits who are members of the Cause Collective. To learn more about the Cause Collective and how we help our members better serve the community, visit our website at causecollectivelincoln.org. And while you're there, you can also sign up for our free community newsletter. Today, we're joined by Ashley Han May, who does development work for Educare Lincoln. Welcome, Ashley. Thanks for having me, Teresa and Don. Thank you. And Ashley, to get started, um, people may not know about Educare and the mission of Educare. Could you tell us a little bit about what the organization does? Sure. So Educare Lincoln um, is here to help young kids thrive socially, emotionally, academically, um, through high quality early childhood education and in partnership with families and the community. And we really place emphasis on the families and community because we believe um, we could help the children all day that six to eight hours we have them, but once they leave the doors, um, our education and high quality programming stop. And so uh, we like to work with the families to their greatest challenge. Um, if you've ever been a parent or no parents, you know, it is a job in its own. We all have unique hardships. There's 172 kids at the um, center here. And therefore there's, you know, 172 different challenges families are facing. And so we work real closely with families to help them navigate those and work hand in hand to give the kids what they need um, to develop appropriately. And do the, does Educare have a target group that they work with in providing services or anybody or? Sure, we do have certain qualifications that um, a family needs to meet to be a part of our program. I won't speak in too much detail about those qualifications, but one thing I will say is our wait list, we do have a wait list. Um, you know, it varies between 50 and 150 families. And um, it's not in a specific time order. You know, if you joined as a second family, you're the second family to get in. It's actually a wait, uh, uh, excuse me, it's actually weighted by the family's needs. Um, so the more needs there are, the more supports that are required to make this family successful. Those are the people that enter our program when there's a next available position there. When I was looking at the Educare website, um, that's one of the things I noticed was it's leveling the playing field. So it's, it's not for the people who can pay the most, it's for the people who need the most, which is kind of a, a cool. <clears throat> paradigm. Yeah, you hit the nail on the head with people that need the most. And we have so many different families that we serve, you know, and kids that have different needs. One of the partnerships we have is with Lincoln Public Schools. And so we are able to um, utilize some of their specialists um, to help kids who might need um, additional supports in that way. So that's been a great partnership to have the past 10, we've almost been here 10 years. Our 10 year anniversary is in February of 2023. That's coming up really quick. It is. I'm, I'm going to have to get some marketing things in order. <laughs> <laughs> we can celebrate. That's that's right. Um, tell us the, the ages of kids that you serve. Sure. So all of our children are below kindergarten. Okay. So mostly five and under. Um, 
you know, part of the Educare model is to really um, hone in on this early learning phase. 85 to 90% of our brain is developed before we turn five. And so it's a very critical period to get that enrichment and support. Um, really, the things that they learn are gonna last their lifetime, the things that they learn in this critical period. True. It's um, a lot of the brain science and looking at how the brain develops in those early years is so fascinating. Um, so yeah, the, the early interventions are very, very important. So um, tell us about, are there, do you have different levels of programming in Educare? Um, I don't know if we, I could speak to different levels, but there's many different types. Okay. Um, we have what we call the um, Educare 5 which is um, universal child care and early learning mm -hmm. is our one. A second component is we stabilize and support families. The third is um, a thriving early childhood workforce, which has been a challenge as many um, people know, especially throughout COVID. Uh, four, uh, we just want healthy supported children. We actually have a health services coordinator on site that helps families navigate the healthcare systems. You know, it can be tricky sometimes between billing, um, if you have English as a second language or if you're mm -hmm. from another country, um, America's healthcare system is none like any in the world. <laughs> and so we place emphasis on helping families find what they need um, so the kids can have their health. If you don't have your health, you're not gonna be learning. You're not gonna be even able to focus beyond I need to feel okay. Mm -hmm. um, that's just a basic human need there. Um, and then the fifth would be um, to have aligned systems and policies so that we can provide a continuation of care. So going back to what I said, once the programming ends at you know 4.30 p.m., we need it to continue outside the walls of EduCare. And so we actually partner with First Five Nebraska and some policy work to ensure that families um, are getting the supports required in our community as well as in our school systems. That's great. I'm sure you have a variety of community partners, especially when you're looking at the resources that other that the families need and connecting them um, to community resources. What what are some of the more common um, agencies that you reach out to? Sure. So, um, yeah, I would say. Children's Hospital um, mm -hmm. has um, a strong kind of health equity program that really helps us. Blue STEM has been another great resource. Um, you know, some of these partners, if they can't provide direct services, they know they know who and how. Okay. <laughs> they yeah. really help navigate. Yeah. Um, I think in specific instances, uh, Casa mm -hmm. has. Um, yeah, we've had we've had some calls from you over the years. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, just trying to think, Lutheran Family Services mm -hmm. is another big one. Um, um, WIC, so WIC provides nutrition, right. um, education and resources for mothers. That's, that's a heavily utilized one, I would say. And then most recently, we have been really honing in on the prenatal care because while we talk about all the development pieces up until the age five, we're actually learning more and more about what happens during the womb and during the mother's pregnancy. And so we've been um, really focusing on those preventative supports. And that has led us to a broader partnership with Malone Center. Um, as some of you may know, Malone has a, 
up and coming, but very strong maternal wellness program. And so um, they've been a great partner in that work. That's great. Um, I know, you, you know, you talked about um, early childhood providers, and I know that that's um, actually an issue that has, has come up frequently, not only that it, providers are having a hard time finding staff, but then paying for staff and then not having to turn around and charge families. And um, I have a 24-year-old son, and I remember how much it cost for daycare preschool when he was little. And at that time, I equated it to like another car payment. Families now equate it to like another mortgage. So that's how those costs have have gone up dramatically. And so the impact on on Mm -hmm. families is big, but you've got to have the quality staff or you don't have a quality program. That's right. It's a catch 22 sometimes. Absolutely. And we, we talk about one of the biggest misconceptions in early care and, and that's, that's just it. You know, it's not, it's not a daycare when you're talking about mm-hmm. leveling the playing field, having kids ready for school, you know, um, it's, it's prime time to have the high quality teachers there. If we find importance um, throughout elementary and high school to have high quality teachers, then, you know, there stands that conversation of, wouldn't we then need high quality care during this critical period of a youth's development? Mm-hmm. Um, and the only way we can really continue with the high quality care is to have the resources. Um, as you mentioned, um, the costs are going up, the worker wages are also going up and off for early care. And it's been across national news, lots of different headlines. Um, the data shows that childcare was the least supported industry throughout the pandemic. Um, it's really been a marathon for many providers. And so, you know, Educare Lincoln though, we're pretty unique because we get to be a nonprofit in early childhood care, which means we have the support of some private donors who know the importance of the work that we're doing. And so while we remain stable, we've kind of looked outside of the walls thinking, okay, how can we support other childcare facilities that aren't necessarily a nonprofit and have these large challenges. And so we've partnered with a few in the Northwest area that we are a part of in Lincoln. And we also began a workforce development program. And so this is a paid internship opportunity for those interested in beginning a career in early care. And while I think that is exciting is because I actually have a early childhood degree and when you first start out, you're in the classroom full time, but you're not getting paid to have those practicum experiences. And so this is a great first step, even if you just wanna try to see if you're interested in early care. Um, in the very least, it's when it's a paid experience, you really have, um, you know, not a lot to lose. <laughs> and so- no, I think that's a great opportunity. Um, yeah, that's great that you guys are, are doing that. That does bring up my next question is, is how it, you know, Educare, yes, is a nonprofit. How is um, Educare funded overall? So you have private donors, but then also. Yeah, I would say like most nonprofits in Lincoln, we kind of have our, you know, one, two of our big key funders. Mm-hmm. And then we have the annual gap that stares back at us. 
you know, and ours can be anywhere between 300,000 and 500,000 annually. So that just comes with a lot of supportive grant grants in our community, um, mostly from state or local levels. Mm -hmm. And then also um, our private donations and really getting people invested in the work that we're doing because it just means so much more when you can kind of be hands-on with um, the organization you're ch choosing to support. Um, and so always looking for people willing to plug in. Um, we also do site visits. I would like to invite any of the listeners that are interested in just coming into the facility. You know, we have some real candid moments that are fun with the kids. You'll see their little faces smashed up in the window. And we just get to have those real meaningful conversations with our supporters or anyone who just wants to see what Educare Lincoln's all about. I just, I could share all day on the radio, but once you walk into the doors, you you see a whole different side of this on a very real level. Um, so come in for a site visit or um, you can call us to line those up. Um, give give us the phone number. Yeah, it's a uh, 458-3171 or you can visit our website at www educarelincoln.org. Um, there's also a volunteers tab and all of the communications you could choose to follow. All, we're on Instagram, Facebook, um, a lot of those key, I guess, social media platforms. And you're located in Northwest Lincoln, right? That's right. About five minutes directly from downtown on 14th Street. So just north of 14th and Adams. Great. Are you attached to a school physically? <laughs> That's a good quick question, Teresa. Like you may know this school. Uh, we are in the Belmont community. And so one of the key parts of having an Educare school is you have to have three supporters. Um, and one of those is the local public school system. So thanks to LPS, Educare can be here in Lincoln <laughs> and um, they provide the facilities. So we are literally attached to the Belmont school. Our entry is on the very north side where the Belmont Elementary's entry is towards the south side of that mm -hmm. building. Um, so just, I guess, since I started talking about partnerships, there are Educare schools across the nation, but your community really has to be the pivotal one that pulls in an Educare into your local city. And there has to be um, different things that play that allows an Educare school to be hosted in that community. So for us, as mentioned, it was our partnership with Lincoln Public Schools. Um, we have to have a national evaluator so that, or excuse me, not a national evaluator. We have to have evaluation team. That way they can continuously monitor the high quality programming we have occurring in our building. And so the University of Nebraska at Lincoln uh, is our evaluation partner. They also provide a mentor teacher for our school. So um, an individual that helps the teachers in the classroom just provide the highest quality as possible, really help mitigate any challenges there are room to room. Um, so UNL helps with that partnership. And then we of course had to have um, a large funder like any campaign, we'd have a large funder to really help get this up and going. So we had partnered with um, Buffett Early Childhood Fund, who is still a uh, key donor. However, as mentioned earlier, they do not fund us in totality, which is another misconception. Um, 
And so those are our three key partners and we exist solely on our own. We'd have no other connections to any Educare school across the nation um, with the exception that we share, we do share data because that can explain a lot or give us a new insight to what may be happening in our school and our families and our children that's not happening in other early childhood um, families across the country. And so having that data really gives us a, a perspective on what's happening within our own community. And so it's uh, you, a little unique in the way that we can um, use those supports and that data. Yeah, I would imagine the data is very important and kind of tells you how well you're connecting the families with services. And you, you talked about that health connection. I would have to think that when we finally got expanded Medicaid, that that made some inroads for, for some Educare families. I know it was, um, there was a big gap there for, for too long. So, um, you know, hopefully we've made a few strides there, but of course we know there's far more that can, can be done. How do you know when you're successful? Um, either a story that you have, a success story or, or data, like what, what's a, a good outcome? Yeah, I mean, the data has been there, you know, it's, I don't know that we always elevate it in the way that we could, but the data has been there. There's been generations of Head Start, you know, probably a little older than me were the first Head Start kids. And so um, we know that children who have an early childhood education go on to earn more than their peers um, that didn't have that same quality early childhood education. We know they're more likely to stay out of trouble with the law. They're less likely to need those additional supports throughout their school careers. Um, and so those are just the basic successes. Um, but then of course, for our own Lincoln successes, like you mentioned, Teresa, are the stories. And um, there's almost so many to share, you know, because really when you see any family achieve something that they've worked hard for, really set their mind to, um, that just feels good to get to celebrate with them. Um, I guess I'll share one example was, um, of an individual, they've just had a few uh, financial setbacks. There was a job loss. There was, um, you know, the, a loss of a vehicle or unable to get, um, keep up on repairs with that vehicle. And so really it was just a downhill spiral, which we know can happen really quickly with anyone making the medium wages or below. You know, those those fees that are 500 to $1,000 are are huge. And so they were just on a series of setbacks and um, stumbled across EduCare and was able to get their kids that quality care. Their child at the time wasn't speaking a whole lot um, for their age level and where they were. And so they got the supports early. Um, and so just throughout their time with us, you know, we have a family for five years but it could be more if they have had siblings involved. And so you really see the transformation in that time. And so this family was really able to um, come out of their struggle. You know, they were able to find both professional jobs. Since they didn't have to pay for childcare, they were able to start adding to their savings and buy a home and really get all of those um, milestones that we, 
we really need to stabilize our families. And so again, it's just those basic things, you know, like mm-hmm. but you need a car to get to work. It might seem like a basic $500 repair, but when you don't have that, or when you're paying thousands in childcare, um, those things become setbacks and they they all start compiling. And so we were able to just see this family fully come out of that. And then their son, I think he's now a third grader, but he's an honor student, has more language than he would need that, you know, says the mom. <laughs> 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 um, and so it's just, it's good to see families like that flourish. Um, there's another story about a boy who had spent too much time in a crib you know, I think that was that family's mechanism of survival is I just got to put them in the crib so I can get stuff done or whatever the story was. Um, but, on you know, unfortunately, there were physical impairments. There were mental impairments just because when kids don't have those opportunities to take those first steps or to take the safe um, physical movements like climbing and, and all of that, um, there was actually some gray matter in his brain that... Um, didn't repair and so he his um, range of motion was um, not there so really he could use his hand but not to its full functionality and so but throughout educare you know he got a lot he regained a lot of that strength he was ready for school you know top of his class in kindergarten and so really a minimal concerns with this child but again um, you know you have to question how much of that, you know, was through that service of delivery of this high quality education? Well, and the, and just the, the overall care of the family. So, you know, I think, I think sometimes we, um, you know, we, we hone in on the kids. I know at CASA we do too, but to support the kids, the support for the families has to be there and and how important it is for you know adequate transportation adequate housing financial supports and if those pieces aren't there then you know the quality early childhood education may not be there the nutritional support may not be there i mean it just there's a cascading of it so um i'm you know i've always admired educare for for looking at the whole picture um i think that's that's fabulous. Um, tell us what, what, you know, what does Educare need or what, what do people need to know that they can do to help Educare? Sure. So as mentioned, um, we really welcome people to get involved. Of course, early literacy has been um, really important throughout this few years. I mean, it's always been important, but we've really seen an uptick, I think, in Lincoln. Lincoln stage really inviting people to share books with kids, read with kids. And so they're um, more than welcome, again, to visit that volunteer list on our website, www.educarelincoln.org, um, and start that volunteer process. We also have a birthday buddy program where you get paired with a child that either shares your birthday or, um, you know, within, I guess, your general month, your birthday month, but we've had a lot of actual pairings, which is kind of exciting. Um, it's a $50 donation and throughout the year you get regular um, updates about your kid and then we have a birthday party celebration during your birthday month. And so that's a fun way to get involved. And then also always, always diapers. <laughs> They're not reusable. So uh, there's always seems to be a need. 
And those can just be dropped off at the center or you can reach out to the school and we can arrange a, a pickup time if you wanted to host a drive um, somewhere in your community. We'd be happy to partner in that way too. Um, going forward, are there, are there, you know, some challenges on the horizons or goals on the horizons that, you know, like you said, you're coming up on your 10 year anniversary. Are there some, um, I don't know, new plateaus or new peaks you're looking at? Sure. And we do keep saying how we feel like we're growing out of nonprofit infancy into kind of nonprofit teenage years. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so what I mean by that is, you know, we feel established. Our internal workings are, are solid. And so now it's our time to step out beyond the walls, which is this program initiative where we're using that phrase beyond the walls um, to see how we can help other child care entities um, near and around the Lincoln community. And so as you mentioned earlier in this talk, Don, it continues to be a challenge with all child care providers. And so I would just say, um, be a voice within your workplaces, within your community, have those courageous conversations on how can we get creative and really minimize the struggle that these child care facilities are facing right now? And how, what can we do to add value into the early childhood education realm? Because education starts at day one, <laughs> or yes. earlier, even in the prenatal. So mm -hmm. it needs to be a conversation that many of us are, are having outside of the childcare circles. So, so very, very true. Um, so how long, how long have you worked at Educare? So I'm coming up on two years, but as a child that benefited from a program very similarly to Educare, mm -hmm. I, in a sense, feel like I've been here a lifetime as well. <laughs> and I can just really tell you the value that um, is added to a life when you choose to um, support a mother and her child from those very early years. Great. Well, we are uh, heading down into our last minute or so. Tell us again um, how to contact Educare, give us phone number, website, anything else you'd like to tell us. Sure, because you will be able to find um, much of what you would want to learn or need right from the website. So um, that's www.educarelincoln.org or call me, Ashley Hahn May, or our executive director, um, Quentin Brown, who's always happy to talk to supporters as well um, at 402-458. 3171 and just ask for one of us. We'd be happy to help. Great. Thanks so much for being here today. Yeah, thanks for your time, Don. Thanks, Teresa. Um, this is all the time we have for today. Um, thanks so much for coming in, Ashley, and sharing your experiences and the great work that Educare does for the community. Thanks for listening to Cause Collective Radio on KZUM 89.3 Lincoln and KZUM HD Lincoln's Community Radio. For more information and to listen to this podcast, you can visit www. Well, three W's. Everybody knows that. CauseCollectiveLincoln.org and tune in next week for another episode of Cause Collective Radio. Thanks. Thanks.